This program on AM 1170, The Answer, is sponsored by Allied Media Group. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Because I'm TNT, I'm dynamite. TNT, and I will not fight. TNT, I'm a power load. TNT, watch me explode. <laughs> Welcome to the Andrea K Show. How many people are lucky enough to be happy that they get to go to work on a Monday? Most people are like dragging tail and they're all like down and like not feeling good. And they're just like all aggravated. Songs have been written about it, Manic Monday and other stuff. I'm always thrilled every Monday morning getting up at the prospect to come in and share in this time with you all. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks for always answering my call out there on Facebook and on Twitter at Andrea K Show. When I, when I put it out there to you all, tell me what you want me to talk about. I like to do a show that's relevant to you all. Got a lot of excitement about a week or so ago when I said I wanted to introduce a Military Monday segment to the show. We've got a lot of military content here at AM 1170 KCBQ. I'm proud of that. I'm, a pr- I'm proud to be a part of an organization that's really got great, conservative, intelligent talk, but also talk that focuses on the military. And so, of course, we got Military Mondays today. We got none other than the man, Major General. General Bob Scales, who's going to be on the show. So be sure you stay tuned for that a little bit later. Before him, got another gal, a favorite of mine, Megan Barth, a hot witch. She's going to be here to talk about all the hot topics of the day, as well as uh, talk about an upcoming military segment that she's going to be doing here on the Andrea K. Show. Got to thank my man, Dijon, for being here. Hey. Hey. And, and hey, Thanks for that topic idea, because I came in here armed with all kinds of topics uh, to discuss with Megan, first off, by the way. And there was one that I had forgotten all about. So thank you, Dijon. We're going to talk to Megan about that when you know the one I'm talking about. Well, I do. Yeah, you do. You being a singer and all. But I got to dedicate tonight's show that one of the top trending topics, believe it or not, on Facebook. I'm not just saying this story, bringing it to y'all or saying it's trending just because I went to LSU and just because I'm going to be in Nolan BR this coming weekend. But trending today is actually a big news story that LSU's beloved Mike the Tiger, our live mascot. I don't know how many other schools have actual live mask at least not cool live mascots i mean there's probably like badgers there's probably schools that got badgers out there or birds or like non hawks well i'm sure there's nonsense. a gaucho somewhere in yeah. Santa Barbara. <laughs> yeah. yeah there's maybe a gaucho somewhere but our beloved mike the tiger got diagnosed with cancer he's 10 um i never make a trip i never take a pilgrimage home without going in and making a stop at mike the tiger's cage it's just what we do he's like a part of us he's a part of our world and so we're sad today uh so tonight's show is dedicated to my man, Mike, the tiger, who we love so much. Follow him on Facebook, by the way. He's got a great Facebook account. He's Do you gonna guys get to feed him? 
No, we don't. No, we don't. He's got amazing handlers because he is the real thing. He's a Siberian Bengal tiger. He's enormous. He's he's a feast for the eyes. But his feasts that he engages in are meant only to be handled by his handlers. And in fact, follow his Facebook page because it's really clever what they do with the hamburger every day. They they have artists who actually create art out of his meals and they post it on Facebook. Word from my boots on the ground on the way into the studio told me that he's actually going to be getting cancer treatments at none other than our lady of the lake only the best for our man mike so tonight's show is dedicated to mike and it's also dedicated to the military because we got uh, military mondays hey if you're just tuning in this is the andrea k show on am 1170 but before we get in to all this great military talk i gotta i gotta bring in usually i open the show with a monologue got too much to cover tonight to do that so i got my girl megan barth reagan baby on the line ready to dive into all the topics of the day hey megan hey andrea thanks for having me on I'm glad to have you back. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Of course, I had to open with the story about my man, Mike the Tiger. But a big story this morning, at least the idea of the magnitude of the story might have been some buildup, was that we had a verdict in the Baltimore and one of the police officers in Baltimore. And everybody was on edge because we know what's happened in Baltimore before. In fact, we had a mayor there who was saying, hey, let's give some safe spaces to some people who might want to do some looting and might want to burn the town down. So what's going on with that? Yeah, the mayor actually says we're going to give safe, safe spaces to those that wish to destroy, were mm-hmm. her exact words. And I, and I wrote about this um, as Baltimore burns, Louis Farrakhan smiles. And gosh, this was last year, and you can find it on ReaganBaby.com. But uh, today, the verdict was not guilty, which was granted by a judge. It was a bench trial to one of the officers, uh, one of the six officers uh, that was being prosecuted by, by what I would believe is a, uh, a prosecutor that is not obviously objective, especially in many of her statements that were leading up to this prosecution, public statements by where she said she was going to seek justice for those that have been wronged. Yeah. Isn't she the one who got, isn't she the one who stood out on the steps and says, I hear you. I hear your cries out there for justice and I'm going to bring it to you. And there's a lot of people today. My understanding is, is that they're saying this was not justice. There was no jury. He was not uh, tried by a jury of his peers, but Hey, people out there, this is our justice system. We have the right to waive a jury. Do we not? Well, yeah, and also it would be very hard without a change of venue because of the amount of press, national press, that descended, international press that descended on Baltimore. It would be very hard to find an objective jury that had not been tainted uh, by the media and by the reports in the media. Keep in mind that this whole uh, Baltimore riots issue and the the following prosecution was race-based. But when you look at who was prosecuted and who was involved in Freddie Gray's um, arrest and who's involved in in government in Baltimore, a majority of those were African-Americans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it's it's the same old story that we've had. If if you look around the country, actually, in terms of the destruction of these great cities, or who who's running these cities, whether it's Baltimore that's been run into the ground, or Detroit, or Philadelphia, or even you know cities like New Orleans, it was the Democrats who've been in control. It's what I said to people after Katrina. You look at you look at that convention center. Who do you, you let me tell you who to blame for that? It wasn't W. It was the Democrats. It was the Democrats that that segregated 
segregated and, and subjugated people into slavery and then segregated them out into these low cost housing areas. And it was it was the Democrats who left them out there to fend for themselves and, and sent buses off. It was the Democrats who were in charge of all of those policies, whether it was in Baltimore or New Orleans or, or Detroit, that basically keeps these very people uh, oppressed and suppressed. And, and, and it's all about amassing more and more and more power while they blame the Republican Party for it. And, um, you know, I don't know that there's going to be any writings. What I found interesting the last time that there was writings, writing is that, you know, the, the, the Black Lives Matter and all these racist movements and Sharpton and hands up, don't shoot. It's all about trying to make the Republicans and white people the bad guys. But it was Asian business owners that suffered the most last time. They were directly targeted by the African-American community to have their businesses and their lives destroyed. And almost nobody has reported on that, Megan. Well, and this is also an anti-police effort, as you see the Black Lives Matter when they're marching through the streets, basically saying, you know, burn the pigs alive. Mm -hmm. Uh, You you look at the Centers for Disease Control, and here are the facts. And these facts were published in 2013. Uh, 326 whites were shot and killed by police officers. 123 African-Americans were. So, so when, when we're, we're looking at these movements saying that the police are somehow racist or there's institutional racism, well, the facts simply don't support uh, those charges. Mm-hmm. Now the police are considered terrorists. Well, actually, the terrorists in the community are the gangs, mm-hmm. the Bloods and the Crips, that are tearing up these towns. And also, the Bloods and the Crips rely on the drug, uh, on drugs mm-hmm. in order to, uh, you know, spend, uh, fund themselves. Mm-hmm. And wh- where do we get the drugs? We get the drugs from an open border. You know, oh. we've seen the heroin epidemic. Mm-hmm. We've seen the cocaine epidemic. Where are these drugs coming from? They're coming from an open border. Mm-hmm. And the drug cartels in Mexico. Right. And, 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 the, and the, the neither party... The Republicans and the Democrats have both benefited from that open border system. We got Bernie Sanders and Hillary here in California this week, all leading up to the June, you know, seven primary, both fighting it out. Although we we both know that the the socialist system that is the Democrat primary process, you know, you didn't earn those those uh, delegates, Bernie. It doesn't matter whether you think you earned them or not; they're going to be taken from you and given to Hillary. But they're here at the border, you know, and everybody's going to be, you know, we're going to have all these you know, um, photo ops taken at the border with Bernie and Hillary. And the reality is, is neither party has wanted to seal the border for a variety of reasons. Mainly it's about power. But if you look at the drugs uh, and, and the, the even conservatives, many conservatives and those that are part of the libertarian wing have been telling us, Megan, that the solution is to decriminalize it and to legalize drugs. And the Weekly Standard has a story out right now that's talking about the reality of of legalizing drugs. You look at Colorado. What's happening in Colorado right now, Megan? Mm-hmm. A surge of drug cartels and not even just mm-hmm. the Mexican drug cartels, the Vietnamese cartels, but Cuban cartels because now what they've done with legalizing pot is it's counterintuitive. We keep told that if we legalize it, it's going to take the crime out of it. All it does is invite more criminals in. It's kind of like gun control laws. Um, what Because the medical marijuana use allows you to grow pots in your home, we have these cartels taking over houses and neighborhoods, turning them into, you know, pot farms and bringing the cartels there and where and then they're selling the pot. And where they where's the money going? It's going back south to fund the governments in in Cuba and in Mexico. It's insane. Well, 
that, that's right. You know, when you look at the libertarians that are really comprised of the never Trump crowd, uh, and you look at the, the Democrats' uh, solution to the border, they are basically one and the same. They believe in building bridges instead of walls. And then their excuse is like, well, they'll just get bigger ladders that they'll build tunnels. Well, I'm sorry, but, you know, we do live in an age of technology where we do have drones and we do have great technology that can actually put – um, you know, many things on the border, uh, but we have chosen not to do it. Mm-hmm. And so look at sanctuary cities, whether it's Kate Steinle's murder up in San Francisco or whether it's down in Santa Ana in Orange County. They are ridden with drugs and crime because they harbor illegals who commit illegal activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, the, and, and so I these think these I... are the crux of a Democrat. These are the, the crux of Democrat votes. Well, like it's also right. Open borders. Well, however, though, we've got a Republican uh, a party full of establishment hacks who actually voted down last week to defund sanctuary cities to mm-hmm. stop them from get, getting federal funds. It was the Republicans who squelched that. We're going to take a break. Okay. When we come back. I do want to shift gears. I want to get into the Republican Party and the establishment and what's going on. I read it. Um, a, a ridiculous interview with Paul Ryan. I want to get, pick your brain on that. And also, I don't know if you know what happened in Washington state, speaking of the never Trump crowd and the delegate shenanigans going on in the Republican party. So we're going to talk about that when we come back. This is the Andrea K show on AM 1170. The answer don't go anywhere. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? La Vida Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. Hi, my name is Colin Pokola, and I'm the owner and founder of Pokola Law. My law firm separates itself from the pack by catering exclusively to small business owners and providing them with that personal touch that they deserve. When you call me, you get me, not an associate or a secretary, just me. From incorporating your business to drafting contracts, helping you bring on a partner or two, trademarking and copywriting your work, and even litigation if it's absolutely necessary to protect your business's interests, Pokola Law can be your one-stop shop for all of your small business's legal needs. Schedule your initial consultation today and mention that you heard me on AM 1170, and I'll credit our first meeting toward any legal work we've discussed. You can reach me by phone at 844-695-1487 or at pokalalaw.com P-O-K-A-L-A law.com. The information contained herein is for information purposes only and should not be misconstrued as legal advice on any subject matter and does not create an attorney-client relationship. For your consultation, call 844-695-1487 or visit pokalalaw.com Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. You're listening to the Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. What is that? I asked you to play the LSU fight this song. This is what YouTube told me the LSU fight oh, song is. Oh, no. Okay, that does not. 
Hold on, hold on. Let, let's give it another try. Hold on. And no, I mean, that that's like something you would hear at a Cornell, okay? Or some dopey, like, Ivy League, okay? That's what YouTube says. No, well, YouTube is absolutely wrong. But you know who's always right is my girl, Megan Barth from Megan Baby. ReaganBaby.com. Hey, Megan, before the break, I, I, we were talking a little bit about the, in our first segment, actually, the Never Trump crowd. Mm-hmm. And it's made up of not just libertarians, but it's made up of, of a lot of people who, in my opinion, are really hung up in ego because they had a, a particular position and it was all about intellectual superiority for a lot of people. Some people like libertarians just a- absolutely are just within themselves in terms of a policy position. And that's just who they are. And you're always going to have like the Ron Paul people, the Gary Johnson people. They're just about, you know, that that libertarian third party movement. But there's a whole lot of these never Trump people, these constitutional conservative purists like Paul Ryan, who were still saying, well, I need Trump to just prove to me who he is. I'm in like this wait and see mode. And, you know, to hear Paul Ryan talk of himself as the conscience of the conservative movement, who's going to sit back and Trump's got to prove his conservative creds to to him is astounding to me. He did a very long, self-serving, egomaniacal interview in which he says, yeah, Trump could win, but I'm not betting on it. This was the guy who literally, he and Mitt Romney said on election night 2012, they still thought they were going to win. Yeah, to have uh, Paul Ryan be the conservative mouthpiece is is just simply laughable. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's funded he's funded open borders. He's funded the refugees committee. His omnibus bill basically funded absolutely everything that Obama wanted. And he says in this in 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 this interview, he says that the problem was that they oversold what they could do. Is that what the problem was? Well, he honestly oversold what they were going to do to the American people, which gave them the largest majority in Congress uh, in decades, eons. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they basically betrayed uh, their entire base, their conservative base and otherwise, by going against what they said they were going to do, a complete 180. So everything they told the – what ushered them in, the largest majority in elections in decades, like I said, they did everything the opposite. And then they wonder, they sit back and wonder, and they scratch their conservative, so-called conservative heads going, geez, I wonder why Trump is, is winning. Trump beat 17 people. <laughs> and the ones that they, and the one guy that they probably wanted, who they thought they were just going to coronate, much like the left with Hillary, they thought it was going to be Bush. Uh, excuse me, Jeb with an exclamation point. <laughs> they really thought that they were going to sell mm-hmm. this, this mediocrity again, to the American people and that we were just going to swallow it. Mm-hmm. And we didn't. Yeah. Uh, y- you and, know. and then they're sitting there digging in their, their heels, mm-hmm. saying they're right again. And everyone else, tens of millions of people are wrong. Yeah. He says that, you know, um, it, it, that he just believes in the type and style of politics that just may not be in vogue today, but it's the right kind of politics. And that, you know, but they're, they're hoping agendas. Yeah, exactly. Socialist agendas. Is that is that the new conservative party? 
Yeah. And we are just going to go along and get along and write blank checks to socialists. Well, that's evidently what his plan is. He says when people go to the polls in November, they're not just picking a person. They're also picking a path. Exactly. And the path that people have said right now that they want is different than the path that Ryan and the rest of the Republican Party has given us, which is to do exactly what you said. They oversold us. They promised us. He says that they that there was no way to get rid of Obamacare in November. Yet he and every he and Mitt Romney and every one of the rest of them who ran for office all promised that, didn't they? So there. So he's talking about how Trump doesn't have any values because Trump has has flip flopped and and you know he doesn't have character and integrity. Well, you know I would say them by his very own uh, definition and quantifiable uh, you know evaluation factor right there. He's failed abysmally. So then we get into Washington State where they had their state uh, convention and they elected forty of the forty one delegates went to Ted Cruz people. What? Is Ted Cruz still in the race? He's not even He's in the race. Something? I mean, it, to achieve what? And they said that they said that what they want to ensure that their voices are heard as the party develops its platforms and its rules. And, you know, that they're in a wait and see attitude. And, you know, it, to, to they want their voices heard to achieve what? I mean, this is almost like rainbow coalition style tactics. Your guy lost the voters. This is so liberal-esque. To me, Megan, because they don't want to accept the fact that the majority of the voters have said that they don't want Cruz. Cruz could not sell himself as the outsider. He has been a part of the Bush family and a part of the Bush administration for decades now. That's how he met his wife. Right or wrong, he could not sell himself as the outsider. He could not sell himself at all in his pathway, as Ryan would talk about it, to the voters. But they are refusing to let the will of the people be heard. They're no better. How are they different, Megan, than the the Democrats who are saying they don't care how many votes Bernie Sanders gets or how many states he wins. They're going to give it to Hillary. What's the difference? Well, there really isn't. And, you know, I've talked about the Never Trump movement, and thank God it's been marginalized, and it's been marginalized by those within it because they've lost really all credibility, especially due to their hypocrisy. I mean, you look at the payola. That's going on within the Never Trump movement, whether that's Eric Erickson or whether it's Ben Shapiro or whether it's Michelle Fields. OK, they well, let's all, talk about that payola, because a lot of people are saying that's just rumors. If you're just tuning in, by the way, this oh, is the Andrea K. show on AM 1170. Well, let's let's get in. What do you know about Eric Erickson? What's the deal with him? Just look at how his website is funded. Look at the donations that he's getting. He's such a hypocrite. He was against Romney. Now he's for Romney. Mm -hmm. He actually said in one uh, article a few weeks ago, which sent me absolutely into orbit, is that the GOP should apologize to Bill Clinton for impeaching him. Because he's comparing comparing Bill Clinton's um, accusations to Donald Trump's sexism, which is so over, which is so completely insane to me. So now we're apologizing to an accused sexual harasser, an accused sexual rapist, and to an accused sexual abuser who was impeached for lying under oath because wow. he sexually harassed a young girl it's, who yeah. was just fresh out of her teens. It's bad enough that we've got uh, liberals and half the country playing that moral equivalency game. It's the same thing as basically saying that Christians and extremists are just as bad as radical Muslims. But to have somebody who's supposedly a conservative to try to act as though there's no difference between Donald Trump 
and his treatment of women and Clinton is, is you're right. I mean, it's mind numbingly outrageous because you look at this list that Sean Hannity put out in terms of, of Clinton's accusers. What's Trump accused of? They went back 20 years, Megan. What did they come up with? The fact that he asked a, a hot chick to put on a swimsuit and told her she looked good. Come on. That's the best thing you got. We, you, Clinton's got accusations going back to his college days. I hadn't even heard of this gal. Eileen Wellstone back from when he was at mm-hmm. Oxford University says that yep. he assaulted her. He, he has, he is a serial female sexual assaulter. I mean, he's, he, he makes Bob Filner, filthy Filner here in San Diego, who the Democrat party knew they got him out of DC and pushed him here on San Diego to get him out of the halls of Congress because he was a serial woman abuser. And we're not just talking about somebody who gets a little too handsy on a dance floor at a wedding after having a few too many hurricanes. We're talking about rape. That's right. Uh, Bill Clinton has a history. He is a sexual predator, whether it is at Oxford, whether it was when he was governor and raped Juanita Broderick and told her to put some ice on it, or whether it was he was taking 26 trips on a private plane owned by Jeffrey Epstein, who was a convicted pedophile. Now, everyone will say, well, what does sex have to do with Hillary Clinton? You know, she wasn't. No. Hillary Clinton went to the White House with Bill in 1992 and enlisted the help of Sidney Blumenthal. Remember that name? Didn't only come from Benghazi. Sidney Blumenthal was part of a war room. And in this war room, it was his job to find enough dirt on Bill's victims so they could go, which they did, on a public smear campaign and publicly defame all of Bill Clinton's accusers. They called them bimbos. They called them trailer trash. They called them stalkers. They said they were crazy. And not only did they do a public smear campaign, not only did Hillary engage in a a public smear campaign, she and Bill sent the IRS after the likes of Jennifer Flowers and Mm -hmm. tried to financially ruin her. Yeah. So Hillary is complicit. Absolutely. In, in sexual predators. Well, she was uh, the cleaner. She, she was the cleaner. She, she, you know, if you saw Pulp Fiction. And one of the reasons why I'm glad, and I think one of the reasons why getting back to this whole delegate and these never Trump people, you know, they're saying, they've been saying for a while that one of the reasons why was that they were for Cruz and against Trump is that Trump, there's no way, they say with absolute fact, even though they're spewing nothing but opinion, it's absolute fact that there is no way that Donald Trump can beat Hillary. We got new WAPOL numbers coming out today. They're neck and neck. I'm, I'm not not one who puts a whole lot of stock in general election polls at this point, but I absolutely believe for two reasons, and I think the American people understand why he can and why he will beat Hillary, and, and the two are kind of tied together. One is he is willing to do and take that fight to her in a way that no Republican can or would do. He is They're going to go after him on any, any treatment of women. He is prepared to absolutely decimate her, as Paul Manafort said, and take the fight to her in a way. He's not going to take be a gentleman and bring a spork to that machete fight and he can and he will control the media in a way that no Republican was willing to do. Do you agree or not? No, absolutely. And we've already seen that she's been completely rattled and she wants to continue to hide her past uh, from especially the millennials that really don't know who she is. They just know that she's a liar. They don't know the whole history of the Clintons and as far as it goes back to the White House. Mm-hmm. And Donald Trump has no problem exposing them for the crook, crooks that they are, hence crooked Hillary. Mm-hmm. So he's he's fearless. Very good job at, he's done a very good job at backing her in the corner, and he's done a very good job at throwing the past in her face, which she has to answer for. And oh, by the way, all of the never-Trump know-it-alls, They've been wrong since day one. So why, do, why should I even give them any credence right now? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. And if you look at Paul Ryan, who said, you know, he just really doesn't like these modern day politics. He just really likes the style of oh, before. Please. Well, you know what? That's why we keep getting our butts kicked, because, you know, yeah. they, they are wanting to take us back to when it was like, I guess, 1952, uh, you know, in terms of being a gentleman. And they don't want they don't want to fight because ultimately they don't care about winning. All they care about is keeping their positions and their positions of power, the Republican Party, the establishment. They don't care about winning. They don't ultimately care as long as they keep getting their their paycheck fattened and it's the same way with the Eric Erickson's and these and the NRO people these media establishments their entire livelihoods are entrenched as well with all these same people so uh, anyway that's, that's right. why it's a paid consultancy class and it's the paid media absolutely and you look at who funds the media the conservative media on the right and you can easily draw the distinctions on who's writing for what team it was funny to me when Cruz said oh my god you know uh, tr- uh, drudge is the mouthpiece for the Trump campaign. And I'm thinking, you have the entire red state (laughs) as your campaign. You have most of the conservative media, like NRO and Weekly Standard and even Politico in your corner. Absolutely. Remember what Red State did when they had their big convention? I mean, it was an all-out constant 24-7 assault on Trump, and it was all also centered around Megyn Kelly, and they and it was inviting Megyn Kelly to come down there, and it was all a big suck-up to her. I mean, it was just, it was, I was embarrassed. Embarrassed for those Red State people. I wouldn't have anything to do with them. But I love you, Megan. How can people read more of your stuff? (laughs) They can go to ReaganBaby.com. And if they're on Facebook, which everyone is, I have a Reagan Baby fan page or on Twitter, Reagan underscore baby. Awesome. Uh, Real quick. Now, you're going to be back with your own uh, military story on an upcoming show. Can you give us, uh, is there any way to to, pare it down to like 30 seconds or a minute and tell us what that's about? Yeah, they can go to GoFundMe.com backslash justice for Clay. I give the whole story there. My cousin Clay is a 33-year-old wounded veteran who's sitting in the state uh, penitentiary in, the, in Florida uh, right now. And um, it's, a, it's a fascinating story, one that I got involved in, and it's how uh, the government basically through the VA and the criminal justice system is abusing a brain-injured veteran. Oh, wow. Well, we're definitely going to want to feature that story here uh, real soon, Megan. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much. All right. Now, speaking of military and heroes, we're going to take a quick break. We come back. None other than Major General Bob Skills. You guys asked for it. You wanted to know what's the truth, fact or fiction, in terms of the Obama administration purging the top military brass. And we're going to talk to him about this Vietnam, uh, the lift of the arms embargo for Vietnam. So don't go anywhere. More Andrea K. Show coming up. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Convenient homestyle recipes and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it too. Do you struggle with the day to day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. 
Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K Show. You did better this time. Yes, that's the official LSU fight song. Tonight's show is dedicated to my boy, Mike the Tiger, diagnosed with cancer. But another favorite guy of mine is none other than Major General Bob Scales, who is a hero, not just because he writes great books and he's a phenomenal Fox News contributor and a military hero, but also he's a personal hero of mine who actually is calling in from his vacation in Aruba. Bob, you've got to be the nicest guy ever. Oh, you're very kind, Andrea. Thank you very much. (laughs) Is it as gorgeous down there as I think? I love the Caribbean. Yeah, it's wonderful. I mean, it's just an opportunity to get away from the craziness of Washington, D.C., and see some real sunshine. Oh, well, good. Well, and here I'm inviting you to bring the crazy. I'm inviting you into the crazy that is the Andrea K. Show. (laughs) Thank you so much. I did introduce a new segment called Military Mondays here because you know how much I love the military, and I put it out there to the listeners what they wanted me to include in the segment. And, of course, they went right to asking you to come on and answer some specific questions that a lot of people are reading about and hearing about, and they don't know, is, is it fact or fiction? In particular, when it comes to the stories that have been going around for the past few years, actually, about the Obama administration purging the military top brass. Um, we've got people like uh, Paul Vallely, who says he called it a purge. He says it's intentional. It's criminal and treasonous. And Major General Bradley has said that this is going on. Jerry Boykin has said that this is absolutely going on. Is it fact or fiction? Well, uh, this is in my new book. I write about this. Uh, and, you know, I'm a historian. So let me just do a quick compare and contrast. Uh, everybody in World War II uh, in the American uh, uh, command knew that hundreds of thousands of American lives would be saved if George S. Patton, uh, who was the master of American Blitzkrieg, led the charge. You recall he slapped three soldiers uh, yeah. in Sicily. He went to Great Britain and, and said publicly that we were going to go to war with Russia someday. He was chasing skirts all over London. In <laughs> spite of all that, people like Eisenhower and Bradley and uh, and even President Roosevelt and George C. Marshall all realized that they had to keep him under wraps because they knew that he was going to save lives. Now, fast forward to a couple of years ago with Stan McChrystal. I actually happen to believe that McChrystal is the 21st century version of George S. Patton, the way he put together uh, the American method of war in Iraq and Afghanistan is absolutely game-changing. And Mm -hmm. what did he do? He made an off, his people made an offhanded comment about the administration uh, to a Rolling Stone reporter, Mm -hmm. and what, four days later, he was gone. That's the difference. And names like Mattis, Allen, Flynn, and Crystal and Petraeus. You can go down the list of our best and brightest and what we've seen in almost every case for any number of different reasons. Instead of going to bat, uh, realizing that perhaps lives could be 
saved if these men, in spite of mistakes they might make, could be kept on active duty uh, and mm-hmm. fight the Taliban and ISIS and al-Qaeda. The first opportunity that the administration had, they were gone. And yeah. that's the difference between the greatest generals of the greatest generation and the poor guys that are trying to fight a war today, Andy. Yeah. Well, speaking of books, Tommy Franks wrote a book after after he left his command and after he retired. Yeah. Where where's McChrystal? Why haven't we heard from him? That's a great story. Well, McChrystal did read uh, write a book called Team of Teams, which doesn't directly doesn't directly relate to the war, but it does relate to his particular style of leadership. I, I devote a chapter in my book to McChrystal. But look, here's the thing. The problem with this is that is that particularly in this administration, folks just don't want to to uh, 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 people in power don't want the military to speak truth to power. Right. I've often said this in speeches I give is that is that the civilian leadership today looks at a guy in a blue uniform with four stars, and all they see is a body in a uniform with four stars. They mm-hmm. don't understand our culture. They don't understand the nature and character of war well enough to understand true genius Mm -hmm. when we see it on the battlefield. They just see a man in a suit. And and that's different than World War II and previous generations. And Mm so my great fear, my great fear is that the great minds that are coming up in our military, we've done enormously uh, 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 successful things on the battlefield can't. It's not. It's a wheat and chaff problem, Andrea. Uh, that people just don't understand the difference between mil- battlefield success and military genius, and just another guy filling the suit. Well, and I think that they they even if they do understand it, I think there's a, a large part of America that despises it, that dislikes it. You look at, I used to love that movie, A Few Good Men, and now I can't stand to watch it because I can see the agenda and what was really behind it, even though I f- love the acting and I love some of the, of the, that military bearing that, yeah. that, um, yeah. what's his name, the actor um, who ordered uh, the Code Red. With, uh, yeah, Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. I mean, I just thought he just, just was brilliant in, in that role. I loved his speech at the end. He says, we live in a world with walls. You gonna stay? You gonna you know stand on that wall? No, you're not, yeah. Lieutenant Weinberg. You know, yeah. so don't be asking me this or, or take up a weapon and stand at post. And he he gets up to yeah. walk out, like let me do my dang job. And then they you know yeah. they stop oh, him, and, and it's because it's all these liberal minds that despise the military. We I reported a while back, uh, Bob, that we actually they're doing training in, in the army instead of about tactical warfare. It's about sensitivity training, about gender, and about women. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, but you you may have noticed Joe Biden's speech at West Point last week, where most of the time uh, when he's talking, uh, instead of talking about going to war and dealing with the ugliness of intimate killing and the dangers of tactical uh, of a tactical fight against the enemy, he essentially patted the administration on the on the back uh, for you know both don't ask, don't tell, and the integration of women in the infantry, and and talk more about diversity than he did about war. This is just symptomatic of what's happening today. Also, now, don't forget, Andrea, 99.5% of the American people have never seen war, have mm-hmm. never seen real war. So they need a catalyst. They need someone to amplify the experience. They need someone to tell them the truth about the nature and character of war, because most Americans don't go to the war. They go to the mall. Right. And and many of the movies, I don't think, really depicted it accurately no. as well. Um 
if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show. I'm talking to Major General Bob Scales. How did you feel today with the reports of President Obama? He did his little trip over to Vietnam, and he's lifted the embargo on the arms there. What are your I, thoughts on that? You know, to be honest with you, I, I, I have, by the way, I have no desire to go back to that place. But I do think that the threat in the region now is China, and that after 45, 50 years uh, of, of, uh, of an embargo, maybe it's time to go back to the Vietnamese and start to look at them as allies rather than enemies, principally because we have a mutual uh, uh, competitor in, the, in, in China. No one knows the fear of China more than the Vietnamese because they've been overrun by China yeah. about four times in the last thousand years. So in that sense, maybe the president making that decision in the long term might be best for our national security. What do you think about his trip to Hiroshima? I think it's I think Whoa. it's a little um, I could be wrong that uh, that it's part of the apology well, here's, tour. Yeah, here's here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. I remember years ago, my father was on a ship sailing back to Japan. He was commanding a company of Higgins boats, you know, the boats that you see going ashore mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in, uh, in Normandy. And he was going to command the company in the first wave of uh, of the invade of the invasion of the southern island of Honshu, and he told me straight to my face, he said, "Son, if it hadn't have been for the atom bomb, I never would have ever seen you." Wow. Uh, but that generation is dying off, Andrea, and so all of the apologists and all the mutual America haters in academia are coming up and saying, "What a horrible country we are, and what mm-hmm. a terrible person Harry Truman was mm-hmm. to drop those bombs." But I'll tell you one thing, as a historian myself, I, I'm, and this is also in my book, as a historian myself, I'm convinced that had we not dropped the atom bomb, we would have lost a million soldiers in the invasion. Well, it's a really important story for me, uh, only not because I had family there or anything, but actually I wrote one of my book reports when I was a kid was on 30 seconds over Tokyo. And I remember I turned in the report to school and my teacher looked at me like I needed to turn in my girl card. Cause it's like, what's this 13 year old girl doing writing a book report on 30 seconds over Tokyo. But I just love the story because I just really thought it showed just the greatness in so many ways. That story for me told the greatness of America because we were fearless. We were at a time where we valued our, our country, our nation. We valued our military. Military. We valued our strength. We were proud of our strength. We didn't apologize right. for it. We were willing to use it. It was like we put this time and this treasure into all of these capabilities. And you know what? Somebody's going to try to take us out. We're not going to be hampered with political correctness and worrying about collateral damage because it's our own survival that is paramount. And that's kind of what, what, what I think we've lost as a nation is that right. culture. And I had never seen war before. I'm the daughter of two Marines. I was raised watching war movies and and loving military, but I don't know how we get back to that. Our military is depleted and diminished. We've got troop strength that's below, what, 1940 levels. We've got aging aircraft, and we've got our fleets are are diminished. I think it's all by design by the left. We've got Donald Trump who's saying he wants to rebuild the military. Do what do we even really do now? Because we're—I don't know that we're facing nation-state enemies like that with the radical, you know, Islamic terror that we face. What should we yeah, do well, to rebuild you know, our I, military? I, I, guess, I, I, I guess the best thing I can say to you is was that during my generation, uh, I had the I had the privilege to serve in a military that only faced off one enemy, and that was the Soviet Union. Today, our young men and women face a whole panoply of threats from 
from the naval threat in China, from the land threat in uh, uh, in NATO, and and obviously from the uh, insurgent threat throughout the Middle East, from Morocco all the way uh, to Pakistan, and, and and we have fewer and fewer young men and women today to do that. And so what we have today, Andrea, is is in essence too many, too many fights for too few soldiers who are less and less well-equipped and more and more poorly trained. And ultimately, anytime you create a military vacuum, Andrea, somebody shows up on your doorstep to fill it. And yeah. that's my concern. And here's the final point I'll make to you. You know, we say, well, Trump will come along and, and, and fix the problem. Let me tell you, it takes 15 years to make a good battalion commander. It takes 15 years to make a good platoon sergeant. You know, armies are like a good wine. You just can't they have to be aged and they have to be properly built. And you simply can't just wake up one morning and wave your hand or throw money at it and expect a competent military to appear. The world doesn't work that way. No, we and we just really let we've let it slide so much. And then it it, it does take a major course correction. A lot of it is cultural as well. Um, I one, I want to throw one more question out there to you. I don't know if you heard because you are on vacation. Uh, when Valerie Jarrett was asked about uh, President Obama's accomplishments as president, she said that he ended two wars. Oh, oh really? Ended two wars. I wish, if, yeah. If, if he ended two wars, I wish he would tell the people, uh, the young men and women in Iraq and Af- Afghanistan, that their war is over. Because mm-hmm. we occasionally see a Marine or a SEAL or a Delta guy come back in uh, in a coffin to Dover. He needs to pass that message on to the to the loved ones of that that soldier or marine in order to make his point. I can't believe I can't believe that Valerie Jarrett actually said that. Well, yeah, particularly since we had a we had a motorcade that went through the streets of San Diego about a week ago to bury a seal that was killed by the Taliban over in, in Afghanistan, which is which is in in war right now. And the rules of engagement are such that that they were seventy five percent of the casualties that we've suffered since Afghanistan came about were under the Obama administration. So what yep. they what they have done well in terms of a course correction, I think, is not just understanding within the the Department of defense, how long it takes, like you talk about in terms of making these great minds and molding these these military heroes within the ranks. But it's also we, we've got to gain back the indoctrination of the American people, the culture here among Americans yep. to understand what's really going on and what's at stake yep. and kind of retrain the American minds. How can people get exactly your book? Right. When is it going to be out? <laughs> It'll be out the, uh, the end of August. And the title of it is Scales on War. I think I think uh, I think the reading public will really enjoy it because a lot of what I said to you uh, today, Andrea, is in my book. Awesome. Well, I better get a copy and it better be signed by you, you autographed. <laughs> Absolutely, Andrea. You know, I'm your biggest <laughs> fan. Thanks so much for being here, Bob. Enjoy the rest of your vacation. OK, bye bye. Bye now. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. We've got to shift gears, talk a little bit of pop culture. I've got some few things to tell you about some other stories that have come in about. So don't change that dial, folks. More Andrea K. Show on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea Kay on Twitter at Andrea Kay Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea Kay, spelled K-A-Y-E. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. 
proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 you're listening to the Andrea K show on AM 1170 the answer walking on sunshine when I've had a chance to talk to one of my favorite people in the world, Major General Bob Skills. Can you believe he actually called in from Aruba on his vacation? Is he just like the greatest guy ever? And I cannot wait uh, to read his book, Skills on War. Um, Interesting about what's happened in terms of uh, you know, Mitt Romney's going around and just he's finally given up on his search for a third party candidate to try to knock out Trump. Imagine if Ryan... And Romney, we talked about this last week. They were last week's fool, this week's tool. And by the way, we're going to announce this week's winner tomorrow. Tomorrow's show, we're going to have last week's fool, this week's tool. Uh, Romney and Ryan were mine last week. These guys, if they had worked half as hard to defeat Obama, I wouldn't have had the interview that I just had with Major General Bob Scales in terms of the complete destruction of what's happened in the Department of Defense across all of our military branches. You know, yes, we've got a candidate, Donald Trump, who talks about rebuilding the military. But it's like it's like Bob said, it takes 15 years to get one field commander. And we we can turn this around. But we've really got to understand as an American people that it's not going to happen overnight. And the Republican Party needs to get behind the only guy right now who can help us do that. And when I'm reading that these people out of Washington and these delegates say, you know, they're concerned about Trump's fascism, so they may have to vote for Hillary. Are you kidding me? You hashtag never forget Benghazi people are actually considering voting for Hillary. Are you kidding me? Listen to my interview with Bob Scales and see what's at stake. You look at that seal and that the, the, the procession for him that I put on my Facebook wall. If those are the people that you need to be thinking about when you go to the polls, June 7th is coming up. California is is still in play. Uh, and today, I think, is it today or tomorrow? The 23rd is the last date to uh, register in California. I think the Bernie Sanders campaign is actually filing a lawsuit. They're wanting to extend it because the, the rules are confusing. Yeah, they are confusing. Uh, it is confusing on the Democrat side because their policy, their procedures for the primaries for the presidential race are different than the state. Um, but um, if you are a Republican, if you are not registered, get out to register so that you can vote in the primary. And I suggest you vote for Donald Trump and end this never Trump ridiculousness. Right now, Hillary, an article came out last week. We talked about this guy, Guccifer. Some people didn't believe the story about Guccifer. Well, um, he's actually, his trial, I guess he's, um, his trial is going to take place in September. And um, he's expected to 
plead guilty. Now, some people say, well, there's no evidence that he actually some there's no proof that he actually got her emails. Well, yeah, he did because he, he posted them online with Sidney Blumenthal. That's how her e- one of the ways that her email, her private email server address was made public by this guy, Lucifer. He also had hacked into uh, Colin Powell, um, W41. So that's a little update on Lucifer. Another court case that was big today was uh, going on with this. This judge serves up brutal justice to Obama's Department of Justice lawyers after they lied to his face. Brutal? Brutal justice? I want this kind of justice. The left is going around talking about justice reform. We need real justice reform in this country, and that will come in the form of people like Hillary Clinton actually being held accountable for her crimes that she's committed when she violated the Espionage Act. These guys go before a judge and they lie and say that they are not. This was a case that was heard that had to do with Barack Obama's executive orders involving illegal immigration. The very reason why, as Megan Barth talked about earlier, that the Republican Party were given a majority, it was the executive orders on amnesty and immigration, and it was for Obamacare. So these guys go before this judge, and they lie, and they say that they are not going to continue to to engage in any activity that keeps these, because what it was about was these illegals being given uh, extended stay here. They said, no, we're not doing that. Meanwhile, they were. The Obama administration was flat out lying to a judge. While continuing to break the law, continuing to get to grant extensions to illegals that had no business being here. I haven't heard any Republicans talking about this. What's their big uh, justice that's going to happen to them? They've got to go three hours a year of ethics classes. That's the big slap on the wrist. And everybody in the media is talking about how, oh, boy, you know, they got really busted. No, they didn't. You and I would be in jail right now on contempt of, of court charges criminally, by the way. Uh, talking to Major General Bob Scales about indoctrination, so much has happened if Mitt Romney had done just done what he could and won in 2012. You know what? Everybody's been talking about these transgender bathrooms situation, and that's it has nothing to do with with the left caring at all about anybody who considers themselves transgender. It's about cultural Marxism. It's about taking us over and transforming us from within. And Barack Obama's got a window to finish. What he started, and one of the ways that he's doing it, that's a real key area in terms of of the fabric of America. So according to Truth in Action, who has Barack Obama newly named as the director for the advisory of council, the advisory council on faith-based partnerships? The National LBGTQ Task Force's Barbara Satin. Of course, Barbara's name was probably Robert at some point. What does LBGT, what does the Q stand for? Do you know, Dijon? I don't even know what the Q, LBGTQ? Uh, I don't know what that stands for. I believe it's queer for gender queer. Oh, I don't even know what this is. So, you know, talk about a spit in the face of Christians in this country. To name the National LBGTQ Task Force Barbara Stein Satin to the Advisory Council on Faith-Based Partnerships. We all know what this is about. Talk about an attack on on Christians in this country. A um, couple other stories. I got to give a hat tip to the Chewbacca lady. Have you seen the Chewbacca? I, I mean, everybody's seen this. She movie. is adorable. Isn't she cute? I mean, at first when I saw this, I'm like, what is the big deal? It's a lady with a mask on and laughing. Haven't we seen that growing up all every year at Halloween? But I think there's just something that's so charming about her, so adorable. I think America was just so in need of a laugh. That they just got caught up in this crazy lady and, and, and any lady who's willing to like laugh at herself, she makes a joke about her size and, and, you know, 
put on a silly Halloween mask and have some laughs. I say hat tip to you, Candace Payne. Love you. She and Bob Scales are like my heroes of the week. I love her. Um, sad note, those of you who have known me well over the years, uh, know that I've kind of been fascinated with Mount Everest and this is the time of year. I've seen every documentary, read so many books. I know that all the different routes, um, I know uh, so much about, it's one of those things that if I really had the guts and the money, uh, you know, I probably would have, you know, wanted to take six weeks and go to try to do that. I mean, it's something I'm absolutely fascinated about four climbers this year, since 1990, one climber each year has died. We've lost four this year. Uh, one fell, one suffered a heart attack and two died from altitude sickness. Would you ever do that? Would you ever do Mount Everest? Nope. Nope. I have a hard enough time climbing out of my bed in the morning. (laughs) Well, I think it's, I think it's fascinating. I think it's an incredible challenge. I think it's one of those things that if you could do it and you could live out the rest of your life with a memory to say that you summited the highest mountain on the planet. I don't think we're made to do that. That's why you got to have the oxygen tanks and that's why so many people die. But um, it's always fascinated me. So anyway, hey, you all fascinate me. Let's keep this conversation rolling. I'm on Twitter at Andrea K Show. I'm on Facebook. I'm right, be right back here tomorrow night at 8 o'clock. June 7th, Craig Sewing and I are going to be at Golden Hall broadcasting live primary night from 6 to 9 p.m. So love you all. Have a great night, everybody. Thank you, Bob Scales. Thank you, Megan Barth. Thank you, Dijon. Cause I'm happy.